welcome back to another episode of the Fun Size Podcast. I'm your host, Kier, short for Kirsten, and I am a nutrition and fitness coach for women under 5'3". If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this, because aside from Instagram and my one-on-one coaching program, this is where I give you my most practical and actionable strategies for weight loss, muscle building, eating, exercising, strengthening relationships, overall health, and so much more. In today's episode, we're talking all about macros and specifically how not to become so OCD with them. And I know I've preached many a times about how the macronutrient numbers matter so much more for petite women, especially in episode 78, since we're on a smaller scale and we need to be just that much more precise and blah, 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 blah. And while it's totally true, there comes a point where the best is the enemy of the good. And all that means is that sometimes perfection is not actually better than just simply being good. Because with perfection, we start seeing negative effects again. Like, let's say we have a person learning to count their macros, and she might start off being good and getting really close to her macros within a few grams most days, and she starts to see the benefit of counting macros. She's seeing the changes in her body. Yay, right? But over time, it becomes an obsession. And now she's starting to spend even more time trying to hit each macro spot on. And she's finding that she's adjusting her macros for a solid five minutes before she sits down for dinner because she forgot to accommodate for the oil used to grill the shrimp. And now she's upset and now in a bad mood while she's eating that meal with her boyfriend because she can't have the peanut butter at another meal later and all these things. And then they get in a fight because she's in a bad mood and she's hangry. And I know all of this all too well because I was once that girl. I am definitely a perfectionist and I definitely got that way with macros at one point. Funny story actually, when I first took the Enneagram test, I got a one. And when I found out that the ones are defined by their belief that everything needs to be in order, I was like, hell no, that's not accurate. I'm going to take that again. And then I ended up scoring even higher in my one. I was like, well, shit, my need to take the test again is just proof that I am a perfectionist after all. Damn. (laughs) It's definitely a select perfectionism, though, I will say, because I've never been one to keep my home and my workspace super neat all the time. Like, I like when everything is nice and pretty and in order, but majority of the time things are actually pretty messy. But as someone who has had that OCD personality with macros in the past, I feel that sharing my story might help anyone who is finding that they are in the thick of it now. Because because here's what I've learned over the years. You don't need to be perfect. Your goal is to simply win majority of the time. Not every time. Majority of the time. It's so easy to get bogged down trying to find the optimal plan for change, the fastest way to lose weight, the best meal plan to build muscle. Sometimes we get so focused on figuring out the very best approach that we never actually get around to taking action. But if you want to master a habit, which in this case, we're talking about mastering your macros, the key is repetition, not perfection. Because perfection is just not possible. You could be measuring and logging every little thing down to the very last gram, but the nutritional information that we have about the foods we log, it's all just 
a really, 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 really educated estimation. And on top of that, no matter how hard you try, life's going to happen. Life will interrupt any habit you have at some point. Like, you might have a habit of brushing your teeth in the morning before you shower. But if one morning you don't shower because life, you didn't need to, I don't know, you also probably didn't brush your teeth. And we all know that one morning of not brushing your teeth doesn't mean that you now have six cavities. But if you didn't brush your teeth for most mornings, then you'll probably have a couple cavities within a year. Not tomorrow, but over time. So it's not about the one day on the weekend that you didn't track your macros because you went to a birthday party and you splurged on two pieces of cake. It's about the big picture. All the meals before that, all the meals after that, are majority of them healthy choices or are majority of them not so healthy choices? The first off meal is never the one that ruins you. It's the spiral of repeated poor food choices that follows. The problem is not slipping up over the weekend or a holiday. The problem is thinking that if you can't do something perfectly, then you shouldn't do it at all. It's that all or nothing mindset, which I'm totally guilty of thinking this way too, but it's simply not true. It's more about the repetition than being perfect. So think about this for a hot sec. It's nearly the end of April, so we've had three, almost four months under our belt since the new year. If you spent the last three to four months tracking macros, being off by a couple of grams most days, and having one to two splurge days on the weekends, overall, your big picture is rather good. If, if out of 110 days, you've had 30 crummy ones, which is how many weekend days we've had so far, that's less than 30% of the time. So truth is you probably even have had some good meals on those weekends in there too. So we might even be talking less than 25%. Overall, that's balance. That's what balance looks like. However, if you were to be in that all or nothing mindset, let's say you had hit your macros perfectly for four days in the beginning of each month. But as soon as you fell off the wagon slightly, you said the hell with it. I'm not doing it. And you stayed off track for the rest of the month. And then we, you know, that vicious cycle just every month, it just sparks up again and then you fall off again. Big picture there doesn't look as good, does it? For my numbers, people, that might look like 16 perfect days out of 110. The rest are shit. I know. It's so easy to feel like garbage after a weekend eating spree, but if you keep getting in those good reps on all the other days, you're in much better standings than if you strive for perfection or nothing at all. We have to stop being so hard on ourselves for those handful of times. We need to step back and look at the big picture. So next time you're feeling yucky after a long holiday weekend, remember, Holiday weekends don't happen every weekend. It's not what you do some of the times. It's what you do most of the time. Essentially, you want to view the entire mountain range, not just obsess over each peak and valley. Funny thing is, OCD perfectionism shows up in so many different ways. 
For example, I have one client whose MyFitnessPal has looked fantastic every time I looked at it, perfectly hitting her macros. But when we'd get on a weekly call, she'd confess that she'd actually had several more things, several more snacks, didn't log them because she knew it would ruin all of her hard work that it went into planning her meals. And I'm like, whoa, 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 that is not how this works. Your body is tracking macros, even if you aren't. Not logging them isn't fooling your body in any way, and it's not fooling me, and it's not fooling her. So with her, we actually have been working now to add those unplanned things in and to adjust her remaining meals to make it fit if she could. And if she couldn't make it fit, oh well, she'll just try again the next day because it's not about that perfection of one day. It's about the overall big picture. And at first it was really tough mentally for her to do. But the more she logged those unplanned snacks, the more she realized that those unplanned things weren't nearly as bad as she thought they were. And now by just making a few adjustments to her dinner and her late snack meal, she could enjoy all the things and still make it work to get close to her macros. And now that she has the awareness that she can actually fit candy and cookies in and still continue to make progress, she has been able to take a much more relaxed approach that doesn't make her feel like a failure. And she's likely eating the same amount that she was when she wasn't logging them. But what's changed is her mindset around it. So she doesn't carry as much guilt with those unplanned things. Speaking of clients, As I briefly mentioned on a few previous episodes, I'm in the middle of testing out a brand new service where I've provided a handful of members who are subscribed to my Fun Size Fitness app workouts. I provided them with a set of macronutrient targets to aim for during the month. For the next few months, this service will be offered by invitation only to my petite girls who are already subscribed to the workout app. And I will most likely not be offering this as a standalone service, but rather as an add-on service to my workout app. Anyway, I just had a few questions, concerns from four different ladies who are currently going through the beta version. And these questions are actually what sparked this episode in the first place. So I wanted to make sure that I covered each of them. And so the first one isn't really a question, but it's more of an observation. So one of the little ladies in my mini macros app service had messaged me quite often. And she was messaging me feeling super guilty for what she ate over what she thought were bad weekends. Each time I would kind of coax her through how it wasn't so bad and how surpluses can actually be a good thing for her fat loss goals and to go listen to my episode on refeeds. And as long as she gets back on track, she'll have that ideal balance that we're all pretty much searching for. And it's been almost two months now of being able to chat through it with her and I can already see how much she's giving herself more grace just by the way she talks or in this case writes in her messages to me and the group chat. And I've even noticed that she's becoming a positive influence in the group chat because rather than being hard on herself for slip ups, she's like, well, this is the way it is and I'm accepting it and I'm learning from it and I'm moving on, which to me is a total 180 mindset shift and one that's going to help her enhance her relationship with food from here on out. So this is a really good example of how counting macros alongside a real human being coach 
is bringing awareness and helping her become less obsessive about it. And I bring this up because you might be wondering, well, it sounds like counting macros could be something that promotes an OCD perfectionist behavior. And it very well could, especially when you're not getting the appropriate guidance. Like in this next example I'm about to share with you, this client had not voiced her concerns with me as she was feeling her feelings. Instead, she waited for several weeks to go by before reaching out. And that's when she said this, quote, if I'm being honest, tracking the macros and seeing almost every single day, I can't hit something or if I go over something else, trying to hit it is really discouraging. And tracking and measuring and counting out everything seems a little unhealthy to me. I don't know. I'm just a little overwhelmed, I guess. I don't want to get to that point again where I'm constantly measuring and micromanaging my food. Like I eat typically pretty healthy. So how far do I actually need to go? So this was a very wonderful realization that this girl had. And of course, micromanaging and becoming obsessive is not a good thing at all. That's the best is the enemy of the good thing again. But I do believe that counting macros can bring on so much awareness of the portion sizes or the healthy foods that she's already eating, like it has for my one-on-one client that I just told you about. With that being said, deciding whether counting macros is for you or not comes down to your mindset and the amount of guidance you have. If you're counting macros all the while being hard on yourself, judging yourself, and finding that it's only making you restrict yourself further, it's probably not a good fit. But if you can count macros objectively and look at it like data and learning experience, trying new things and making those not so healthy things fit into your macros, you're going to get a lot of empowerment out of it and a lot of pride out of it. And since we as women are our own worst critics, we're more likely to get that second outcome when you have a cheerleader or a coach guiding you through it and helping you see the positive in the situation when you don't see it. But you know what? Counting macros isn't for everyone. And it's definitely not a forever thing. And you might find that you like it at certain times of your life and not at all at others. And that's okay. We have to learn to be okay and accepting of that. You have to do what's right for you in that season of your life. And sometimes I feel like practicing intuitive eating is what I need for that time of my life. And other times I feel like counting macros gives me that structure I crave. So it really all depends on where you're at. And it's okay if it's not for you right now. Easily, the dark side of counting macros is that we become driven by the number rather than the purpose behind it. If we care more about hitting our macros perfectly than we do about just being healthy, well, then we're no longer being healthy anymore. We're being obsessive. So when a measure becomes a target, it ceases to be a good measure. Measurement is only useful when it guides you and adds context to a larger picture, not when it consumes you. So each number is simply one piece of feedback in the overall system. Counting macros is a process or a strategy which will get us to our desired outcome, but it is not the end goal. It's the means to get us there. Now, the third question I got was, how important are calories if we hit our macros? Sometimes when my macros are perfect, my calories aren't, and I'm confused. To be totally honest with you, most days I totally forget to even look at my calories because if you 
hit your macros, you should automatically hit your calories. But your calories can actually be a very helpful tool to let you know that everything's logged properly. Basically, if you hit your macros, but your calories are way off, I'm talking like over 100 calories off, that is a red flag that something's logged incorrectly. One of the things that I absolutely despise about my fitness pal is its inability to align the macros with the correct calories. I feel like I could do like a whole podcast on all the shit that I hate about my fitness pal. And that sounds like crazy coming from me because I'm like, my fitness pal, my fitness. But really, it's not my favorite, but it's the best that's out there. I think maybe, maybe I just haven't tried all the things. But anyway, I feel like I could do like a five minute rant of complaining here, but I'll fast forward to just tell you what you need to know. If you are off by less than 100 calories, but the macros are right, I wouldn't worry too much about it and I would just kind of keep carrying on. However, if you're over 100 calories, but you hit your macros, that tells me that at least one of your entries must be incorrect, which means it's time for us to play detective. Sometimes you'll find the culprit right away. Other times it takes a little bit more math, aka pulling out your handy dandy calculator to multiply the carbs and the protein by four and the fats by nine and then adding all those up. If your calculation doesn't come close to what's listed, then you found the bad guy and it's time to swipe, delete, and find a new entry. And I totally agree that this can be annoying as fuck, especially if you are just getting started with counting macros and you just don't know what you don't know. And that can be really discouraging and you're just like, oh, this doesn't make any sense to me. Whatever, screw it. But I will say that these baby mistakes, which are not your fault, by the way, but these baby mistakes will help you learn more about the foods you're eating And the more time and attention you pay to learning about the foods and their macros, the better you will get and the better you will get at finding those poor choices. And just, yeah, you're going to have a much better time with the experience and the process overall. I will say that alcohol tends to be the one that really will throw your calories out of whack and keep your macros on track. So I do highly recommend logging alcohol differently. So logging your alcohol as a protein and a carb. And I have a blog post that will tell you all about how to do this. And I will link that in the show notes for you. That's usually the biggest culprit. And last but not least, the fourth comment concern question was how close to your macronutrient targets do you have to be to consider it a successful day? totally perfect or within a couple grams. And as I was saying earlier, the nutritional info is just a really, 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 really good educated estimation. Being exact every day is just not possible unless you're a lab rat and we're not. So again, it's all about those consistent reps. If you're close most days, you're consistent. If you are perfect one day and not perfect on all the other days, you are not consistent. So it's not about that perfection. So yes, being within a couple grams is, in my opinion, a very successful day. I like to say within plus or minus one to three grams of each macro. That's a win. 
Sometimes I like to think of counting macros as playing a game. It's fun to get as close as I possibly can to those macronutrient targets that I've set for myself. But if it's starting to take me a little bit longer than it needs to, and I start feeling frustrated, I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to make this fit? You know what? I step back and I say, it's cool. It's close enough. I'll just play again tomorrow and try again. And you don't need to be perfect. The goal is simply to win most of the time, not every time, most of the time. And I don't know if you play Wordle or are familiar with that game, but it's kind of sort of like that. Like sometimes we get the word on the second try and it's like, woohoo, score. Most times we get it on the fourth try. And if it so happens that we don't get the word at all on the sixth try, it doesn't mean we're dumb. There's always tomorrow, right? So just keep trying again the next day. And with that, here is your one last reminder to not be so hard on yourself. Give yourself the grace and acceptance that you would give a friend in your shoes. How would you help her feel better and encourage her to move forward? Think about it. Whatever that looks like, hold that same space for yourself. I hope you find some value in this episode and I'd love, 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 love to hear from you if you had any major light bulb moments. So send me a DM on Instagram at funsize.nutrition or within the Fun Size Fitness app. Or if you think this episode would help a friend, take a screenshot and share it to your stories and don't forget to tag me. As always, thanks for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.